What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Oh, man. Crowd reaction. I like it. For a panel about public media, we starting out right, yo. We starting out right. We starting out right. What's going on? Thanks, everybody, for coming. Uh, make some noise for Virginia Avenue Music Festival, y'all, for real. This is a serious, man. Make Indy feel like a place to be, these kind of these kind of events. Uh, my name is Matt. I'll be your moderator uh, tonight. I'm a artist, creative person, uh, organizer in the community, and also I've been fortunate enough to contribute to some media stuff, including WFY. So I'm really excited to be here. And uh, the whole the whole point of tonight, um, and that's why these these panels are so important because we're able to talk about the other aspects of the arts community and uh, arts kind of industry. And there's there's these other weird spaces where people are participating and, and you know contributing to music in different ways, and public media also does in a really really important way too. So this panel is to highlight public media, public radio, and what role it plays not only just in sharing music you know on NPR, but also what it's doing in our local uh, you know community and in our city too. So I'm gonna get right into the panelists. Y'all ready? Okay, man, they are excited about. WFI, they're excited about public radio. This is going to be good. All right, so first person is actually the uh, program director is uh, Roxana Caldwell, WFI. And come on, come on, 18 years. Come on, the OG, come on, 18 years, seriously. So uh, this is not like a straight-ahead bio. You're going to enjoy this. She drove all the way to San Diego to see the Bad Brains. Make some noise if you know about the Bad Brains. This is a culture crowd, y'all. This is a culture crowd. It's a good one. Eye against eye. And the Beastie Boys. All the way to San Diego. Uh, she currently lives in Gar Garfield Park, Southside. Uh, and Melissa and her were in a band. This is a super fun fact. Exclusive. Uh, they play one show. It's called Diane Reams and the Cheap Drinks. Yo, these are radio nerds. I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out. That was a nice touch if you put that in there. All right, the next person uh, is Melissa Davis, radio uh, production director, and also the producer for Small Studios. Make some noise if you've ever seen Small Studio. All right, all right. Last but not least, uh, Kyle Long. Make some noise for Kyle Long, y'all. DJ extraordinaire, writer, music historian, and also host of Cultural Manifesto. So, we're gonna get right into it. So, uh, well, looks like this is gonna go great. We got a bunch of nerdy uh, people in the crowd who enjoy 90.1 and all this other stuff. It seems like people are really into public. But like, let's say that they weren't, right? Uh, what is public media? Why is it different than, you know, commercial media? Um, just in general, not even about music, just what makes it different? Well, um Public radio is technically non-commercial radio, and it's a specific license given to you from the FCC. We're going to get super nerdy here. <laughs> and then there's commercial radio. Commercial radio is really all about the dollars. It's all about the advertising dollars. Public radio, you can be a little more free because we're not beholden to um, corporate interests. We uh, A lot of public radio stations are university stations, so we get our funding from universities and from you, the listeners. So that's the bit. That's the biggest difference. 
as someone who creates content for public radio, I can say the freedom that we have is really unique compared to commercial radio. I can devote an hour to, or sometimes two hours. I did a two-part episode about a 90-year-old flute player that no one had ever heard of. And you know, I have the freedom to explore complex musical ideas without worrying about you or a station manager saying, you know, this isn't commercial, you know, you need to like make this a little more snappy for the people. So yeah, the freedom that we have to explore uh, forms of music and ideas that may not be well known or even popular is uh, really important to me. Yeah, thank you. Because advertising dollars is really what commercial radio is about. And unless you're going to bring in a lot of listeners to attract those, ad you know, to help attract those advertising dollars, you have to, your band probably has to have a huge promotional team and budget to get on commercial radio stations. And so I think that is where uh, public public media, public radio, can do more of the, the offbeat music. I mean, we have, we have a, a blues program, I think maybe the only one in town, maybe WTTS still runs a national blues show, and um, we play classical music as well. And like Kyle, Kyle said, he can bring in all kinds of local musicians and a classical key player, player and musicians from the 60s. And yeah, it's just, it's more of, there's a more of a cultural significance to public media. I always feel like we can actually do art in public media and I feel like radio, commercial radio was like that in the 70s and 80s and it was lost when corporate interests took over and we still get to do that. I worked at a commercial station for a year and a half. Everyone was very nice, but no. <laughs> like It was the same song every you know 30 minutes and uh, to have the freedom that we have and the creativity it's a gift, and I think, you know, it's, I'm glad it, it exists and still exists and is well-supported. So thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> nice. So now that we know what public media is, or just we're on the same page about it anyway, how does it relate to music, you know, like you were talking about? Like, how is it highlighting different artists and disciplines differently than the commercial outlets? I mean, you know, recently you had Tank from Tank and the Bangers on your show, and, you know, she went from, and that whole band went from kind of underground, kind of obscure, you know, like local regional favorite, and then Tiny Desk just catapulted them into, you know, national acclaim. And when she was on the show, uh, you got to check out Man Culture Manifesto, that's Wednesdays and Saturdays. She she talked about it being underground central. Like, what is, what is you know, what does all that mean? They were referring specifically to the Tiny Desk program, which comes out of the National Public Radio headquarters in Washington, D.C. And, you know, I don't know if anyone here has heard of John Peel or the Peel Sessions that happened for a period of, like, nearly 50 years on the BBC. You know, the, everyone from The Who to, uh, you know, experimental hip-hop artists performed on the Peel Sessions. And for... You know, most of the 20th century, that was a place you could go to really find out what was new and interesting in music. It was one place you could go. And Tiny Desk has kind of stepped up to become like the modern equivalent of a Peel session. So you can see and Anderson Pock, you can see uh, Edmar Castaneda, who's this Colombian uh, harp player who just does this mesmerizing work on the harp. You can see this whole range of music that's happening in the underground or in the periphery of genre captured on tiny desks. So I think that's what they were referring to. It's just become this, this like central location where you can kind of 
become introduced to a range of music that's happening outside the spectrum of top 40 music or popular music in the, Uni in the United States. Do you want to hear some national sound clips? Okay. <laughs> Let me find one here. This is about two minutes, so we'll see, see what you guys think. And For Midgard Music, it's all songs considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here this week with Lars Gottrich. Hey, Robin. And Stephen Thompson. Hello, we're doing a special New Music Friday edition of the program, and we're looking at the best albums that came out on May 3rd, starting with Judah and the Lions, Pep Talks. You know there's nothing better than sitting down with a friend to share the music you've discovered together. That friend is right here for you on public radio. Hello, it's me. I'm Talia Schlager. I host conversations from the World Cafe, and I promise I will not cancel on you to go to the gym or see the new Star Wars movie. I will be here every show with the music you already love and brand new stuff that I think you're going to dig on conversations from the World Cafe. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. This week, we're going to take a listen to music that compels people to action or at least deeper thought. Songs that address social justice. They have a long history in Latin America and in this country as well. Violeta Parra, Bob Dylan, Ruby Blade, Mercedes Sosa. That list stretches from the past to the present. The two artists we're going to feature this week Southern California hip hop artist Omega. He was in Washington, D.C. recently, and he stopped by the Alt-Latino World Headquarters to have a chat about music and activism. And Taina Asil, she's from the East Coast, of Afro-Caribbean heritage. She has a new album out, and to start the show off this week, she's going to tell us about her new album. Hi, my name is Taina Asili, and my latest album is Resiliencia. My music is based in the activism that I've been a part of for the past 20 years. I've been doing work on ending mass incarceration, um, starting with my own experience as the daughter and uh, sister of two formerly incarcerated black men. And I've also been a part of feminist movements and movements for climate justice for a long time. So I've used my music, my songs, uh, within the movement, singing at protests, demonstrations, offering my songs as anthems to the movements that I'm deeply connected with, and then also allowing those movements to inform the music that I create. One more. <laughs> so, what do you got next for us? Um, we thought we'd bring a friend from Nashville with us, Miss Margot Price, to come sing. <laughs> this is live from here. Now one more. <laughs> I told her not to add Absolutely. this one. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Join me again for more slow music for fast times on Hearts of Space. Safe journey, space fans. Where are you? I just went for it. 
do any of these? Uh, 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 I do want you to continue to to, to break this down. But uh, do any of these shows sound familiar? Which ones? Just shout them out. All of them. All of them. I told you, man. It's crowded. Something else. All right. Can I interject something of based course, on these course. clips we heard? When we were listening to the clip of Alt Latino, you know, so much of the content on that show relates to social issues. And when we were talking about the freedom that public radio provides, that's one thing that's also important to me. It's not just the freedom to cover obscure music, it's the freedom to explore how social, the social issues that are affecting musicians and, and music fans. I remember when the Pulse nightclub shooting happened, Alt Latino did a whole show interviewing uh, uh, people in the community that were affected by that. W on one episode of uh, Alt Latino, they interviewed Dolores Huerta, who was the co-founder of the United Farm Workers with uh, uh, Cesar Chavez, Chavez, and just talking about like how her music tastes, and she's a big Charlie Parker fan, and it was just such a beautiful kind of symbiosis of, s of social issues and music, and that's really something that I try to bring forward in my work as well. So that's part of the freedom that public radio gives us as well, is to talk about social issues that would kind of, well, would definitely be frowned on in a lot of commercial avenues. And I also must say, when we launched Alt Latino, I believe it was in 2015, Kyle had the opportunity to talk with Felix Contreras, the host of the show, and it was the most fascinating conversation, and Kyle was able to, like, school t uh, Felix <laughs> on some songs that couldn't come immediately to Felix's mind, so it was just am amazing to witness, and it's a, I'm sure it's archived on Cultural Manifesto, but that's another really cool thing about public radio is they are so accessible, like, the hosts are eager to talk about their programs and open themselves up to local, local shows because the national local connection is so important, like, without you as the audience, I mean, public radio and um, NPR just really, truly does not exist. I mean, you are the public in public radio. One thing I want to say is almost any time you listen to public radio, you're going to find a local tie-in, which is really cool. Maggie Rogers was just here, and she was just on a World Cafe. Uh, Courtney Barnett is coming. She's been on probably every show, especially Live From Here. Live From Here, if you're not familiar with that show, you should really check it out because Chris Thiele is the new host and he brings in every emerging musician imaginable and it's just absolutely amazing. He's doing a brilliant job with the show. He's really turned it around. It's the successor of A Prairie Home Companion and it's just, it is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he's had Jack, Jack White on the show, Fiona Apple, Broken Bones. It's, it, Tune yeah. Yards. Tune <laughs> Yards. Tune Yards, yes, yeah. It's, it's, it's really incredible. Uh, Saturday nights at six and Sunday evenings at eight. <laughs> Some nice plugs tonight, by the way. <laughs> Sneaking them in there. Josh had a couple. He had a couple, too. He had a couple last time. Yeah. <laughs> he had a couple last time. So, all right. So now we definitely kind of got the whole, you know, context. How did the the locals, the local programs, you know, Small Studio, Cultural Manifesto, and kind of this whole, like, insight that we have on, you know, the way programs get shaped here, what are the origins of Cultural Manifesto and Small Studio and other 
programs that have kind of come through WFY specifically? Sure. So Somal Studio started um, with a national spark, which was kind of cool. There was the Tiny Desk Contest about two years ago, which Tank and the Bangas won a few years ago. But um, the Tiny Desk Contest sent all of their local entries to member stations if we would like them. So they sent all the central Indiana entries our way, and we had about 65, and they were all very high quality and super impressive. And we were kind of like, what, what should we do with this? What, you know, and it was definitely the community was ready for a program like this. And so Roxy and, I and our management got together to get it started with a grant from the Lilly Foundation. And that's how we started Small Studio. So definitely the NPR Tiny Desk influence was there, but trying to spin it a little local, um, having local regional bands and national bands too. So, yeah. We, we were totally just in awe of all the local entries. Like we, we had absolutely no idea that there was such an incredible you know, hunger from the local community that you were listening <laughs> to public radio and, and reaching out and you know, sending in your videos. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal and that's really, that is truly how it started. You guys, once again. <laughs> in an abstract sense, the roots of my show go back to my teenage years growing up in the uh, suburbs of Indianapolis, in a very boring suburb of Indianapolis. Uh, I was raised by a single mother in like a, a poor working class family. We were living in a trailer park during my teenage years and it was just really sh horrible <laughs> trailer park. It was, just such a it was just such a depressing environment. And I just, I, I, I didn't love life at that point, you know? It was, things weren't going well. And uh, I'd always been a music fan and had, uh, the radio was always attached to my ear. And uh, uh, one day I kind of was flipping the dial and just heard some interesting noises coming from this station, 90.1 WFYI. And I, I became obsessed with this station, right? I've, I've even brought props here. I <laughs> would like record like oh my God. hours of music Whoa. that I heard. These were tapes I stole from my mom too, like uh, how to stop smoking. And <laughs> one is you just recorded over. <laughs> one, one is like a pyramid scheme. She's like you were remixing seminars she went to, and I would record on these tapes like like the things I heard on public radio. And I was listening to these today, and uh, one was Anthony Davis, who was the composer of a opera about Malcolm X. There was music from Meredith Monk, a, a composer who I I still love to this day. There was Balinese gamelan music. You know, these were things that we, we didn't have the money to travel. I didn't have access to culture like this uh, in, in my private life at home. So this public radio was like a portal to this other world for me. And it was very dignifying to, to have that portal into this world of like, you know, great art and great music that I couldn't have accessed in any other capacity at that time. You know, so much of who I am is public radio and the public library. You know, I didn't go to college. I'm a high school dropout. So my education was is really uh, through these public institutions. So it's it's a real honor for me to now be a part of this thing. And, you know, now I'm able to interview Meredith Monk and put that back out in the airwaves, this person whose music really touched me. So in an abstract sense, you know, uh, I'm a product of public radio, and the origins of my show 
go back to those moments I had growing up in uh, this horrible trailer park in <laughs> Whoa, that's a crazy working class experience <laughs> right there. Not just a trailer park, the bad. He's at the bad trailer park. <laughs> well, there was the nice trailer park. It was called Lake of the Lanterns. Goodness <laughs> gracious. That and I the lived in uh, the broad acre trailer park. That's why it's called yeah. Manifesto. They even shut it. it down. They raised it to the ground. Man. He so mean they, it. They had, to get, they had to get rid of that trailer so, park. So, so definitely, like, no. I mean, it's definitely, you know, in the makings of just you as a creative. Can you talk a little bit, specifically you, Kyle, you know, can you talk a little bit about your grind? You know what I mean? Of... I mean, because you're a really hardworking, like, DJ and writer. And, you know, what was it like coming into WFYI? Like, where was it at with you as a content creator? And then how did you kind of ascend to... It was tough because I have no uh, background in broadcasting. My back... I actually... My background in broadcasting is prank calling Christian AM radio stations (laughs) as a teenager. (laughs) You know, like... And and did you record those on the tapes, too? I got those tapes. (laughs) You know, like that was like, that's my connection to radio. You know, I used to uh, call WICR. They had a classical music request show and I would request the most experimental, bizarre, enforce this audience. So, you know, that like I never had any like in my wildest fantasies. I didn't think coming into WFYI in my wildest fantasies, I didn't think I would have an opportunity like this. So I had to learn very fast. Fortunately, I had some experience kind of formalizing these ideas, the kind of rudiments of what a radio show is through my work as a writer. I wrote for Nuvo, which was an outgrowth of my work as a hip DJ, right? And uh, I started writing for Nuvo in 2009. I wrote a weekly column for them. And the editor at that time, Kat Copeland, asked me to create a podcast accompaniment to uh, these columns I was writing. And initially, these were just DJ mixes, you know, relating to whatever I was writing about that week. But I was interviewing these people with such rich voices and rich stories and rich histories. And I was like, it's just, the written word couldn't capture the depth of richness that, that I heard in their voices when we did these interviews. So I started chopping up these, these interviews into the podcasts. People like uh, Stanley Doral, the Creole accordion player who performed as Buckwheat Zydeco. Albert Mazibuko, who's the founder of uh, Lady Smith Black Mambazo. So I was talking to all these people with rich voices, rich experience, and I just wanted to kind of share that with people. Unfortunately, I didn't have the tools to produce a professional radio broadcast. I would just hold two cell phones together. I would talk to these people on the phone and hit record on one and like talk to them on the other, put it on speaker and chop it up. But that was enough for the editor to like hear something uh, of value. And uh, the editor, the chief editor of the paper at that time was a guy named Ed Wank. And he had a, a, a real rich background in radio. And he was like, he heard an interview I did with Lydia Lunch, who was a, f- you know, a really important New York punk rock uh, pioneer. And he was like, this has to be on the radio. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, well, put me on the radio. And he called Roxana and like hooked it up. And you know, it's really the trust and vision of Roxana that allowed someone to come in that had no experience or no business being on the radio to allow them to come in and try and like make mistakes and grow and, and try to figure the whole thing out. Yeah. Thank you. Wow, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it for them, y'all. Seriously. Seriously, that's incredible. And also, man, I need to see that Kyle Long documentary one day, man. That's a crazy ass story. That's crazy. No, I know, right? <laughs> the bad one. So, uh, so, <laughs> so, so, I've, I'm, you know, I've been hearing a common theme about access. 
But just like other media platforms, I mean, it's, it's obviously curated. And because it is, you know, publicly funded by viewers like you, thank you. There's also like a, a specific kind of lens to the work. So it seems like tightly curated, not just like, like you said, alt Latino is not just like more Latino music, it's specific type of, you know, uh, with, with, you know, messaging that has to do with certain kind of social issues and, you know, so this very specific type of programming, how do you all curate it? Like, how can I get my stuff on there? Why won't you put my stuff on there? Um, you know, how do you, is it like, well, you know, your, your programming isn't quality? Is it, well, this is a specific theme? Like, how do you keep it all together? You know, how do you, how do, you do it? I'm always looking for something unique and something that catches my ear and my eye. You know, it, it's, there's always something interesting about the band that I'm into. <laughs> Just like, oh, super cool. And there's so much in Indianapolis that needs to be, there needs to be a spotlight on it. And I guess if I see a band that is really grinding and trying really hard and also super talented, I mean, of course we want to spotlight that. And if they bring something interesting to the table, that's a huge thing, so. Yeah, I, so I really take the journalist part of music journalists very seriously in the work that I do. I try to anyway, I don't know if I achieve it, but I try to. So, you know, it's certainly our job to reflect what's happening in the music scene here. Like if Oreo Jones puts out a record or, or Rob Dixon puts out a record, these are important people in our community and we need to like, you know, sh show people what they're doing. But I also feel like we have a responsibility as music journalists to illuminate things for people that they don't have access to, right? So some of the work that I've done has been focused on the, for lack of a better term, immigrant music scene, right? Uh, which has various manifestations, uh, one of which is a, 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 a cluster of nightclubs on Lafayette Road, which is the biggest live music scene in the city. It really dwarfs what's happening here, no offense to Pioneer or any of the nightclubs here, but just the sheer number and volume of people that are coming out there is just uh, unbelievable. Part of that is also digging into the history of music in this city, which is a lot richer and more complex than, and, and important than maybe the average person realizes living here in Indianapolis, because it's been neglected for so long, with the exception of people like David Williams, the Indianapolis recorder, who've been documenting this all along. You know, I feel like the contemporary, uh, maybe white media, I don't know for lack of a better word, has not always paid attention to these things and properly uh, shared and documented them with people. So I really try to take that journalistic aspect of it very seriously and that guides the content that I focus on on my show. Not everything is my favorite music always, but if, if I feel like the guy who ran a straight edge ra record label for 20 years, uh, you know, I feel like maybe that that's important. You know, the guy in Indianapolis that ran the straight edge record label for 20 years, you know. So it, the journalism aspect of it is very, it guides what I do, yeah. I'm always looking for something that nobody else is doing or just to help complement things that are already on the radio. So I also have to say, like, Kyle's show is the first show that I was able to add as a program director to WFYI. I inherited a lot um, and a lot of really great, rich history, but I just... It started at AM, right? It started on HD2, HD2 as a matter HD2, of fact. Yeah. yeah. I wish it was on AM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but it was absolutely a no-brainer, and it's been absolutely just revolutionary to see Kyle grow, and I you know, just look forward to listening to his show every week. But yeah, so really I'm looking for something that, yeah, that's just not, that's just not being curated, happening you know, in Indianapolis, and I'm really all about getting information to, you know, to the people and really highlighting arts and culture locally, culturally, um, what's happening in Indianapolis. I just think that's such an important mission of public radio, so. Excellent, so we're gonna get one more question in and then we got time for a Q&A a little bit? Okay, all right. So uh, so this last one, so it, I mean, we'd be crazy to not mention the art scene, you know? So we're here at this music festival. What, uh, we definitely know on like a high level and just like an everyday kind of program level, how public media is helping the arts generally within its own space. But how is public media, public radio folks, I mean, obviously you're here right now, but on an everyday level, uh, week in, week out, from weekend to weekend, we see all these events. How is public radio, public media helping the art scene, right, just broadly? Other than highlighting, is there other 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 ways? I, th I think a very basic kind of approach to that would be just like, you know, helping promote a show, right? However, I think, what we can do that's more important is maybe just getting people more excited about, tuned into on a broader level, as opposed to just like promoting an individual artist, an individual show. And I hope that's what we're doing, is, is helping people find value in the culture here, helping them understand why it does have value. I hope that's what we're doing. Getting them excited about what's happening here. You know, I hope that's what we're doing. That's what I aspire to do, is get people more engaged in the so local the arts culture community. behind the art that not just promoting the art but the culture that right not the not promoting like a specific neighborhood or event or venue but just wake getting people more invested in it which will lead them to get more involved in it and they'll find the things that appeal to them you know what I mean and I think collaborations are super important as well. I see Mr. Tucker sitting here in the front row. <laughs> and it was really cool because WFYI has broadcast from the Penrod Arts Fair for as long as I've been at WFYI. And this year we collaborated with the Indie, with Indie Jazz Fest to brought a phenomenal lineup of artists to the Penrod Arts Fair. And I just think that that was super important to highlight that and you know to have those connections. You guys did something at Hi-Fi, right? You, did, you promoted yeah. the show? Yeah. We have a partnership. I guess, is it a partner? Yeah, we, yeah we've highlighted, <laughs> we've sponsored some shows at the Hi-Fi for sure. We have a small studio show coming up. That is at, I'm, it's at a different venue. <laughs> it's one over there. <laughs> so, but that's uh, July 17th. So we're going to have a Strutenberg, Native Son, and Wife Patrol. So that show should be pretty cool. It will benefit public media and also the artists will be at the show that night. So definitely want to do more events like that, more live shows, and uh, just get these bands out there. You know, this thing with small studio at the end of the sessions. I get kind of sad because I'm like, I'm, these people are going back out into the world and they should be doing music and then they have to go back to their day jobs. And I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> like, it's because you should be allowed to be artists because you're artists, you know? And like, why do we have to go to a crappy day job if we just want to be artists? And it's not fair. It, I don't know, I can go on about that for, but it's, our community should support that. So I sort of feel like with Small Studio, I hope that it helps. I hope that it helps our local musicians. I hope they become national musicians. I hope they can 
not have, I don't want them to go to that day job. <laughs> I want them to stay here in Indy and play music and make us all happy because that's what music is about, you know? It's about our souls and enriching our lives and, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, that was a perfect way to end it. Give it up for these panelists, y'all. Seriously. Oh, that was incredible. So we're gonna, I'm definitely going to start with three questions, and then we're going to see what's up. So I got one, and then wherever. WFYI Radio, you collaborate with the television, and how does that work? Yeah, we, we sure do. Just a very simple example is we just did our first uh, small studio TV special, and you know, because that's all digital, so we had all the videos, so we were able to produce a local TV special highlighting a lot of local artists, uh, local musicians that have been on the small studio sessions, which is incredible. We just did a partnership with the American Pianist Association as well. Uh, we webcast that, and we featured all of the finalists every week as radio shows on 90.1. Yeah, I mean... They're definitely different mediums, but we try to do as much cross-promotion, tra trans-promotion as we can. So you work with the counterpart and the producers there then to... Yeah, I'm working on a programming on my radio show about a documentary about the great socialist leader from Terre Haute, Eugene Debs. So we try to find ways to complement each other and create awareness about what the other entity is doing. Ken Burns has a new documentary coming out called Country Music. Uh, yep, we're going to be doing some local stuff on the radio side to help complement that. We always are trying to looking for connections. Some of them are more natural than others, but definitely, I mean, we have such an incredible microphone with WFYA TV and 90.1 radio, and anytime we can, you know, create a wonderful synergy, synergy between the two, um, we're always looking for those opportunities. Uh, well, my radio is WFYI, my television is WFYI, my, and YouTube. Awesome. <laughs> All open source, I guess. All <laughs> Thank you. Public support. Do you think I have time to play a local clip? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. Do you think is that art? So we have a piece from Kyle. It's Claire from Classical Music Indie. If you yeah. have a question, just raise your hand so I can oh. kind of flag it for myself. Yeah, music and bloom. I'm sorry. Any questions? Anybody? Okay. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. And then after that, it's a piece from Small Studio. Here we go. Oh, I know this show. <laughs> Best show open ever. <laughs> I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis <laughs> Foundation, celebrating over 100 years of service. You've accomplished a lot in your career so far. I was reading your bio, and you've won some uh, piano competitions in, in different places around the United States. But there was one fact that really blew me away, and I was very impressed by it in your bio. It said you've premiered over 75 new works since 2012. Why do you have such a passion for performing new music? Where does this come from? What's driving you to create this festival and to introduce all this music to audiences around the world? Part of continuing the culture of leading audiences to appreciate Bach and Beethoven and Chopin and Liszt and Mahler and all of those big names that are so recognizable to many people in today's culture. 
part of what our responsibility is as 21st century artists is introducing people to other living and lesser known composers and artists who will then continue the tra trajectory of the evolution of classical music. So I consider it my responsibility as a new music and classical music performer because that's the way we keep classical music from dying. I'm Jared Thompson from Premium Blend, and this is <laughs> Shouts out. Shouts out for real, exactly. That's not him, y'all. That's not him. That's okay. Just kind of listen up instead of listening out and around you. And it's weird, birds like respond in cadences. <laughs> and so you pick some of these things up. I've stolen a few melodies for some cardinals before, so as long as they don't want royalties. One more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is WFYI Indianapolis, and you're listening to the Blues House Party with my dad. Welcome back to the Blues House Party here at WFYI 90.1 FM in Indianapolis. I'm your host, Matthew Sosi. If you like the music you hear tonight's party, tomorrow afternoon, go to the Blues House Party page on Facebook. I'll post a set list, and you can create a Spotify set list based off of my set list. I also post uh, performance clips, so uh, like it, tell other people to like it, I would appreciate it. <laughs> and if you have a question or a comment, you can email me at m. Sosie, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosie. And I thank you. Hi, I'm Charlene from White Moms, and stay tuned for our small studio session coming up next. Shouts out to White Moms, by the way. You have a White Moms. I have a White Moms. Charlene has a White Moms. Good. We call the White Moms because we're all black. But we have White Moms. And then we were talking to Dimitri. We were like, yo, we would love for you to play with us. And then someone was like, wait, I don't think we can be called White Moms. And he's like, guys, I have a White Mom and a White Dad. I'm Kyle Long from Cultural Manifesto. I'm here today with the incredible vocalist and songwriter, Kiana Watley. Kiana, thank you for being oh, here. Oh, she was just here. Dang. You have an amazing new song out titled Queen. Tell me about this track. Queen is basically just um, empowering black women, inspiring and empowering and encouraging black women. 
and you released a remix to the song Queen, which features a lot of great local MCs. Tell me about some of the women in this uh, song. Yes, uh, the Queen remix feature, uh, features Allison Victoria, Sid Blaine, and the Nine Voice. Black woman, black queen, you're So these are some great local clips, y'all. Give it up for these local shows. Yeah, absolutely. Can yeah. I mention one thing? Even though we're not really talking about it tonight, I also have to mention Curious Mix, which is a local arts curated program that Kyle and Melissa both contribute to as well. So we're really trying not to focus on like the big organizations, but the people making art in Indianapolis. And it's a the show's only been on the air for a year, but it's just another really great collaboration that we can reach so many different people and contributors and um, genres and just super, super proud to be able to offer that to you guys as well. Awesome. Any more last questions? Okay. Well, this is a perfect way to end, but before we wrap the whole thing up, you know, my man was inspiring the plugs. Let's go ahead and sneak those back in. So definitely Wednesdays and Saturdays. Wednesdays, 8 p.m., Saturday, 10 p.m. There we go. Cultural Manifesto. You see, you see his flex right there? Did you see his? You heard him on there. You heard that first intro. He was like, manifesto. He was in his bag. <laughs> Melissa? Yes, we have some stickers and notebooks, and uh, please grab some stuff. And, you know, our schedule is wfii.org slash schedules, wfii.org slash listen. We also have a music streaming service on HD2. So if you have an HD radio, it's 90.1-2 or online at wfii.org slash listen and click HD2 in the dropdown. And it's available on most apps. Tune in and our WFII app on the App Store, so, Captain. Yeah. Just excited to be able to, you know, have public radio so strong in Indianapolis on a cultural level and, uh, you know, and national programs. If there's anything you don't like, you do like, you'd like to see added, I love to talk about public radio, so feel free to reach out to me anytime. If you have ideas, if you have show ideas, Jay happy, Moore. yeah, happy to talk through any of that with you. Um, <laughs> uh, I love being able to highlight what's going on locally in Indianapolis, and if there's an opportunity for that, you know, I want happy to talk to you so yeah Roxana yeah, has been like oh, Roxana has been fighting the good fight for arts and culture in Indianapolis and at WFYI for years it's not easy she kicks ass two decades <laughs> two decades and so do yeah. these guys they make it easy <laughs> hey let's hear it for this panel y'all thanks so much for coming thank out thank you Matt for moderating thank thanks, you Matt. seriously this, this music festival is amazing for even holding these spaces and oh man, thanks Matt on, you know Saying nothing. So thanks everybody for coming out and enjoy the festival. Thank you. Life complicated, overrated. Trying to find the answers to why, why I cry, why I try. 
It gets harsh how time to stand up, to stand out, to stand proud. Finding me to go out, but I smiled. Once I saw myself living for myself, and no one knows what. What a feeling, what a feeling. 